Vernomatic Productions. Are you ready? Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music. Interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. It's getting nice and heavy. And now, welcome tonight's host, John the Vernomatic Verno. Good evening, everybody. As always, Thursday nights, brand new content drops. We invite you to visit the brand new MetalMayhemROC.com website. There you'll find direct links to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, however you can, you're consuming your podcasting content. Tonight, we have a fun one. Um, first and foremost, I want to bring onto the show my co-host for tonight, Metal Walt. Hey, Walt, how are you, man? Hey, Verna, what's up, man? I'm uh, doing the summer thing, working from the shore, staring at the beach. Kids and wife are at the boardwalk, but life carries on, man. We got to talk to people in the music industry. So, yeah, uh, today we uh, we try to spread our wings a little bit. We brought in a singer-songwriter, rock guitar player, who does have some experience in the hard rock and metal field, Orianthi, Uh of Greek origin, Australian raised, and yep. currently resides in California and was apparently going to be moving to Nashville. So very intriguing and interesting person. I think you would agree. Yeah, we found out in this interview, we're going to get right to it in a second, but she is she's on today to promote the live DVD, Live from Hollywood. This September, the sixth solo album, Rock Candy's coming out. We touch on some cuts from this album, the, the live one, talk about, uh, you know, she's played with Steve Vai, Alice Cooper, Michael Jackson, Dave Stewart, uh, the list goes on and on. So like Walt says, we try to spread our wings and just, you know, see what's out there, man. There's a lot of killer acts and great rock and metal stories that we're trying to bring to you. So I just think that the listeners are going to be intrigued at the dedication that this artist puts into her craft. And you'll hear a lot about how she talks about it. She's very humble. She's all about looking forward, not what was yesterday, what's tomorrow. And you know what? She's uh, played with a lot of global artists and it's really all come from just putting her head down and, and hard work and quite the uh, testament to her to build a whole career for a girl who I think is not even 40 years old. So pretty amazing. Yeah. So yeah. I hope you, the listeners enjoy it. It's uh, really interesting and diverse material and check out our live album. It's good stuff. Yeah. And so like listeners, when you, when you check this out, uh, shoot us a email, go to the website, metalmayhemroc.com. Uh, tell us what you like about it. What you didn't like about it. Just, you know, let's interact a little bit and get a little feedback. So for my metal brother, Metal Walt, I'm the Vernomatic, and here we go, Aranthe, Metal Mayhem, ROC. We want to welcome our guest for today, Orianthi. How you guys doing? We're, uh, we're good. So uh, for the listeners here, we've made a promise to expand our horizons on the show and bring unique and different types of rock artists onto the form, some which you may or may not know of. So today we're bringing on Ori Anthony, who's California-based rock guitarist and singer-songwriter, in addition a renowned solo artist and who has also performed with various musical collaborations with artists such as Michael Jackson, Carlos Santana, Alice Cooper, Richie Sambora, Don Felder, 
uh, amongst others. And on the 15th of July, has released her new live album and concert video, Live from Hollywood. So it's our pleasure to be able to speak to you. Congratulations on the new release. What we'd like to do today is uh, really do a deep dive on the live album and your solo career and then kind of go backwards and and for the listeners to really educate them on your really, really unique musical upbringing, which I think is uh, maybe very different than, uh, than a lot of the artists that we interview on the show. So I'll get it started. So first off, uh, the performance itself, I understand it, it was uh, captured this year from January, and it was a show in Hollywood, California, at a venue called The Bourbon Room, That's and right. it includes solo songs from sprinkling in from all of your solo releases. So tell us a little bit about the venue, maybe the band members and, and the song selection. So the venue we chose, I mean, it, you know, sounded really good. It was sort of a place where, I mean, we did this thing kind of last minute. So we sort of packed it out with uh, a bunch of bands out here in L.A. Got Glenn Sobel on drums from the Alice Cooper band. Mm -hmm. He's like my brother. He came in and just killed it. Michael Bearden from, uh, yeah, This Is It. I met him uh, when I was uh, playing with Michael Jackson. And he uh, he's now the MD for Lady Gaga. So he was, you know, luckily mm. in town. So came down um nick mayberry fellow aussie guitar player incredible musician he came and played on that too justin andres we got carmen vandenberg from bones uk good friend of mine she got off the plane from uh italy and came straight there thank thankfully she did um it was awesome and ty from vintage trouble you know tons of like friends and incredible musicians came on this on this uh, life in Hollywood thing and it was just yeah it's pretty much live I mean not too many fixes a lot of people ask like oh did you go back and fix a lot no we just mixed it surround sound got rid of some of the crowd banter because um you know I, I said this before but people found where the mics were placed so they were like saying crazy shit in the mics so we just oh, really? <laughs> you know and then clip that but we ultimately I mean it's a very live DVD and, and records. So um, everything you hear is kind of captured the vibe. And it was a good evening. We had a good time. So I hope people enjoy it. I did enjoy it. And what I really enjoyed about each of these cuts, I'll admit it, I wasn't that familiar with it. But after listening to it two or three times, each song had its own identity, but there was a nice flow. First standout track that I really liked was uh, the track Think Like a Man. Well, what do my notes say? Um, uh, a simple yet catchy song, very melodic, easy toe tapper. Tell us about that song. Thank you. That's off my first record we put out um, when I was with Interscope Records. So I wrote that. It was on the kind of pop rock release that I put out. Probably, God, uh, 2009 that was put out on that record. Um, Howard Benson produced that one. And a lot of fun to write. And, yeah, I mean, a lot of fun to play uh, live, too. That's a, kind of got that ACDC kind of vibe and, the, you know, really yeah. simple. Yeah, sort of. You know, it's a vibe. <laughs> Fun track. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, or what would maybe be good? Because I, I have a couple questions to some of the tracks too. And I actually want to play a little game with you on some of the tracks. But okay. for the listeners that may not be familiar with you, maybe just describe you as a musical, musical artist. Like, what kind of singer would you say you are? A uh, guitar player? Like, describe the sound that comes across in these 11 songs on this, uh, this live album. Look, I'm not sure. I kind of leave it up for people to decide because I just sing and play. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I mean, I grew up listening to a lot of blues. My influences range from, I mean, my dad's record collection, which is Jimi Hendrix to Fleetwood Mac to my mum's collection, which was on the flip side, like uh, Cher to, you know, uh, lots of different things. Like she listened 
for so many different artists. I mean, from like uh, Roy Orbison to, I mean, I grew up writing songs. That's the first thing I did when I was six years old. Got my acoustic, wrote my first, you know, few tracks. Then moved on to electric when I was 11 years old. Got in Jimi Hendrix, Santana, um, you know, Steve Ray Vaughan, um, Gary Moore, B.B. King, Freddie King, all that kind of stuff. And then mm. went into the heavier stuff like Sabbath and, and whatnot later. Um, and, yeah, Steve Vai was my first, like, uh, artist I opened for when I was, like, 14 years old. Um, mm. And then ZZ Top, and I just sort of, I don't know, I've just been doing a lot of different things with music. I mean, it's been a crazy, colourful journey, and, and I'm just, uh, you know, excited every day to wake up and be able to do this for a living, so... Yeah. Well, I agree with Verno. I think uh, on the 11 songs on, on the album, there's quite a bit of diversity on the song. So uh, I have my own take on this. So I'm going to play a little game with you. We're going to go in reverse. I'm going to describe my notes to the songs, and I want you to guess which song you think I'm thinking about. Okay. <laughs> How well you know your own material, okay? Uh, Sound like fun? Okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> it sounds good. Okay. So this one has a country music feel in the song structure and your vocal. Country music. Oh God, I don't know. Um, I I don't know because <laughs> some of them, a lot of my songs actually do have a bit of country in them. That's the thing. A lot of them do. <laughs> so okay, well, I'll give you the answer. I was thinking the song "Impulsive." Oh, impulsive. Okay, cool. <laughs> that kind of you know, it's funny. That song I wrote with. I was listening to a lot of In Excess at the time, which is kind of funny, but. That sort of yeah, but you know, country cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I took country away from me, and it, it's obvious a lot of the the songs have a you know a hard rock bluesy feel, and I think yes, uh, I guess for the drums, yeah, I'm just thinking of the drum feel here and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think there's a couple songs that at least are my favorites on the album: "Sinners Hymn," uh, "Heaven in This Hell," and then "Blow." I, I I really am digging the vibe on these songs because they're kind of those you know, rockers with a lot of great blues work in it, but they're heavy, heavy songs. And it really showcases your, your shredding guitar style throughout the songs, either in the middle or on sort of the outro on them. So uh, I think oh. those would be synonymous with your sound. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about some of those songs. Yeah. I mean, they're very heavily riff based and making that record. O with um, my great friend, uh, producer Marty Fredrickson in Nashville, mm -hmm. we put that together really fast, but I mean, he's a real rocker. So we were experimenting with sounds and different pedals, and I'm not really a big pedal person, but I was like, let's just mess around, you know, some of these uh, guitar tones make it a bit different from a record I've done before. So um, that one had the octave fuzz on it, and I just had that riff for for a minute, and I brought it in. I had the lyrics I wrote, and it's Sinner's Hymn I'm talking about uh, was, the, was the first one, um, and that one, you know, is probably about it. It's a blues story. It's about it, you know, blues man, goes to every town, kind of like, runs from his demons, goes to the next town, kind of almost like a Robert Johnson kind of vibe, you know, and that's kind of how I wrote it. It's like a movie in my mind. That's how I write lyrics. Um, and so that one was fun to do, fun to play live. Um, and, you know, that whole record, like Contagious as well, that that song um, is actually a positive song, it's, it, believe it or not. It's actually about, like, you know, um, hate's contagious. Like you want to get away from that. You want to bask in your, in your light energy and, uh, so that's what it's all about, like sort of running from the darkness in a sense and, and uh, you know, um, and, you know, people really like that one live and Impulsive was another song we wrote for um, the record O as well, uh, a lot of fun. Um, and what was the other one? There's, there's so many, Crawling Out of the Dark, I think it was on there as well, I'm not sure. I don't even know which one's made the, <laughs> the playlist here. Um, 
but we played a lot of songs that evening and we had to cut them back a bit. Oh. So, uh, uh, yeah. The, the guitarist that flew in from Italy, what was her name? Carmen Vandenberg. Oh, okay. Um, the song that you introduced her in, because you did share the story on, on the uh, CD about how she direct, direct flight in, the guitar oh, yeah. duel in that song was excellent. It was. Oh, she's a great player and a good friend of mine. I met her a long time ago when I was playing Download Festival and she came up in London. And she's also dear friends with my, um, my English family, Dave Stewart, the whole Stewart family. Um, so I've known her for a minute and just incredible talent. I love what she did with Jeff Beck and the Bones. And she's got such a unique sound and uh, her instincts are amazing. So it was really cool that she came in and added her, you know, vibe to the whole evening. Is she like yourself where she plays with other people and does her own thing or is she in a set band? Yeah, she's in Bones and she does guest um, with other people too. So yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. Bones, I've, I've actually, uh, for you know, anybody that, that listens to Sirius uh, XM, the Octane channel, uh, they, they featured Bones UK quite a bit last year. And it was funny, Orianti, I was thinking of songs like Contagious and What's It Gonna Be. And again, I see those as like sort of that modern day hard rock song that are very sort of radio friendly, that would certainly fit in right in that channel, uh, Octane, that, that fit in with that style of music that's uh, very popular today. Mm-hmm. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Well, <laughs> at it. the next record, we got this uh, Rock Candy coming out. Uh, gosh, my next album's coming out in a couple of months. But first thing was coming out in two weeks now. So off that. Yeah. So this live was the carryover. Tell us a little bit about the, what are your next solo album? It's coming out this fall. Yeah. So Rock Candy's coming out. Uh, we just put out a lot of music because it's been a minute. You know, I, the last record I put out was during the pandemic in 2020. And um, so with Frontiers, I was like, we're going to put a lot of stuff out, guys. And so we, we put out the live DVD, live album as well, all mixed and surround. It's, um, you know, with Mark Jacobs, who directed it. He's mm-hmm. an incredible director and good friend. Um, and then I made the record Rock Candy in, in 12 Days with Jacob Bunton, um, who's a good friend of mine and great producer and guitar player, violin player, piano player. So we did uh, that record. We kind of wrote a song a day, recorded one a day as well. And put it all together and it's called rock candy it's not the sammy hagar on true song a lot of people ask <laughs> yeah, that yeah. love sammy he's actually a friend of mine um no it just kind of summed up what the record is you know what i mean it's kind of rock it's a bit of pop it's it's got that kind of flavor and it really just kind of i was like this sounds like rock candy like you know so why not but it's kind of funny because a lot of people don't even like like the young sort of people don't haven't heard of that song. So now they're going back to it. But guess guys, go check out <laughs> that wow. track as well. And so it's cool. I mean, um, a lot of fun to have put that together and and I hope people enjoy it. Really do. So the first song Lighted Up is coming out on the 27th. We just shot the music video. Wow, that's great. What's the story behind recording it in 12 days? Well, Jacob here, Jacob Bundam was in town for a short period of time and I needed to make a record. So we kind of just scheduled it um, that we would make it in that period. And it was a challenge, but it was fun. I mean, we write songs really fast together, and um, mm-hmm. I wanted to sort of do that where you just show up at the studio, I came in with a riff, an idea of the song, and then wrote it, finished it, recorded it that whole day. So, wow. and then I left it with him, and he sort of mixed it, sent it to me, and I was like, yeah, that sounds great, or these changes, or came back and did a few things. But ultimately, the whole record was done really fast, and then um, the band played on it, and yeah, so it was uh, a lot of fun to do. Well, you know, that's, that's actually a perfect segue to the next subject I wanted to bring up. And uh, 
it, it's linked to one of your songs on the album called According to You. And in the liner notes, the press notes, it mentions here specifically that, you know, you've had 17 million streams on Spotify and it's even had a new resurgence via TikTok. So, um, you know, I think million uh, tags on that one. Yeah, it's, crazy. it's amazing. Amazing. And, and, you know, and, and I think about it from, let's say, the traditional hard rock or metal artist that's, you know, had a longer career that they had to go out and sell albums and different kind of things and how they keep themselves current in today's environment. So, you know, what I think I've seen here and even studying your social media forms, again, I've seen on your Facebook how how you really set it up there and, you, you know, your cats are in there. I see that sometimes you show your meals on there. But it's also how you brand yourself personally as an artist. I mean, you're always well put together, very beautifully dressed. You have a lot of color. You play your guitars. You have solo spots. You have band spots. You really have that imagery that comes across that really sells your brand. And I suppose it's really the way that you have to be in this modern day way of advertising. So tell us a little about a little bit about that side of the business and how you kind of have to look at it from a normal, you know, you can't look at it from a normal selling CD channel and you have to do it differently. Well, I look at my social media pages as a variety show from hell. <laughs> so it's very colorful. I don't want to bore myself. And people that have been following my career, I'm grateful to still have them following me. Um, there's lots of things coming up. I mean, tons of things I'm really excited about. So um, it's a journey. And in this industry, it's so weird. Like things take so much time and I want it to happen yesterday. So I'm like going, okay, there's so many things I have you know, done and, and it's coming out like cooking, cooking shows coming out. I've got this auction I'm working on right now. It's a musical cooking show. And, uh, you know, so that's not my other passion um, aside from music is, is cooking because I'm half Greek. So, you know, you grow up in that environment where it's about bringing people together and that's what I'm all about. Like I feel like, you know, as an entertainer, as a, a artist and creator, like we're here to serve people and like if it's entertainment value, that's what it's there for, escapism. Um, if you can provide that, that's cool. And and I'm all about color and just I'm partially like a hippie rocker. I just love a lot of different things, you know, and and just bringing people together, inspiring. Like the more people I can inspire to, to you know, play music um, as an outlet to express themselves, to find comfort in, that's what it's all about. And whether they choose it as a career or just a hobby, it's something that I really love to do. I love to play my guitars um, all the time. And uh, I play piano and drums and tons of other things too. So uh, just insp like inspiring people is where it's at. It's, it's funny. I was, uh, my wife and my daughter were uh, looking at your Facebook page when I was prepping over the weekend and their first reaction, two ladies were saying, oh my God, look at this artist. Number one, she's physically beautiful. Look at her hats. Look at her hair. Look at that outfit. That's perfect. Look at the car color. Oh my God, look at the background. Look at her apartment. They were like, from a female point of view, they were just blown away. So it's obviously, you know what you're doing. So I give yeah. you, give oh, you a nice. thumbs up on that. <laughs> that's nice. There's like a crazy Australian who are you doing like this yeah. very colorful individual. Um, you know, thank you for that. And honestly, uh, for me, it's all about um, <clears throat> inspiring. And if you can, you know, I get a lot of messages saying like, oh, this song helped me through this period of my life or, um, you know, thank you for you know, inspired to pick up the guitar because it's, it saved me. And those messages mean the most to me. So. I have a couple of uh, comments as we go back in your back catalog and it revolves around guitar players. How did you get involved with Steve Vai as a 14 year old? Tell us about Steve Vai and you. Uh, I love Steve. He is like, like an uncle brother. Uh, you know, my manager at the time when I was 14, got me support for um, Steve Vai, came into town. 
in Adelaide. And I was, you know, this 14-year-old kid, I was just playing cover bands and I had this backing tape that I made and I was reading Guitar Player magazine, so I'd read his metaphysical, like, column that he would write. And I thought, wow, this guy's, like, really, because I was really spiritual that age. I was reading a lot of different things. So this guy, like, firstly, I was reading about Steve. And then I listened to his music, right? It was Alien Love Secrets and Passion and Warfare and mm-hmm. all that uh, Incredible album. One of my favorites, Passion and Warfare. So I listened to that, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm opening for this guy? This is crazy. Like, I'm by myself, like, you know, the backing tape. And I'm a girl. And so uh, in this nightclub with all these guys with their arms folded, like, what the hell are you going to do? You know, that was kind of tough for me. Uh, I'm not going to say it was easy growing up playing guitar, but, um, you know, I just went and did my thing and and he saw that. And, you know, it was kind of like uh, going out there and, and sort of just I was pretty nervous, actually. And then Steve, I turned around and Steve was watching me for the whole performance and uh, and I got even more nervous. And afterwards, he's like, you know, I want to sign you to my label and there's talk and all this stuff. And at the time, I mean, I was living in Australia and, you know, um, just kind of getting things together, you know, and whatnot. So um, he just stayed in contact with me. It was a real inspiration and just like mentor for a while. Like I was sending demos. He would tell me, oh, this is great. Let me change this part here. Look at your solo in here. So constructive criticism in the, in the sense of like, teacher and that meant the world to me like it really did and sure so um coming over to america when i was like 18 and i played with santana i was like 18 um and at Royal drive he was santana's like my other dad in the sense like he's been there uh for a long time as well since i was like 11 12 so wow. having these incredible guitar players um being inspirations and send messages of uh just keep going do this you know i mean that it meant the world and um, you know, so, so coming over to America, getting my first record deal and then, then, then supporting Steve again in, in America, like we, we did about God, um, a whole Californian run with him mm-hmm. and a real blast. Um, that was when I was like 19, 20 years old. So yeah, a lot of fun. Let me ask you, uh, how is Carlos doing after the events of the other night? He's doing, he's doing great. He, he, uh, he texts me this morning. And last night we've been, you know, day of, I was just texting him in the afternoon actually. Um, and I was so worried and his wife, Cindy, and she said, it's doing fine. I was just, you know, when I heard that, I was insane. But dehydrated, I mean, he was dehydrated. It was really hot, you know, right now. I mean, it's so hot and under the lights as well. You can imagine touring is a grueling thing. And um, But no, he's doing amazing, he said. So. Well, well, good. I'm glad your friend is doing well. I, I saw Carlos do. years ago. I grew up on Carlos and Santana as well. So... Right. After that, good. That's yeah. good news. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So I have a I have a question for you as well. Back to your upbringing. This is like a an oddball non musical question, but you and I have one thing in common. <laughs> is uh, I I read that you actually worked on a song that was put in a commercial for the uh, Japanese electronics company Panasonic, a company that I worked for from the year oh. two thousand to through two thousand and five in their corporate headquarters in New Jersey. So I said. Oh my God, we're linked through Panasonic. So was that true? <laughs> yes, I did. There was, I actually, there's a whole video clip we shot, this massive TV. It was like a hundred and something inch TV. It was massive. And um, and so I had this song called Now or Never and we we uh, did that. It was a funny day and they had these big cranes and yeah, it was it was wild. That was probably one of the first commercials I shot out here in America. So yeah, Pretty yeah, fun amazing. times. <laughs> and it's Pretty cool amazing. doing that. Of stuff like Panasonic and Hyundai commercials and you know just different things like that. So yeah, it's cool when they ask you to to do that. Sure. 
Well, we couldn't have you on the show without asking about the the whole Michael Jackson situation. Mm -hmm. I had a chance to see Michael Jackson and his brothers on the victory tour back in 84, 85. Oh, wow. You know, it's funny, like stepping into that whole uh, scenario, I thought it was going to be a lot of like lead playing and like heavy stuff, right? It was actually a lot of funk rhythm parts that I had to learn. So it made me step up as a rhythm guitar player more than anything else um, that, you know, getting getting that uh, gig. And, and working with him, he was such a perfectionist. It was just incredible. I mean, uh, that whole band, the dancers, the whole production, it was um it was a it was a dream come true to be part of something like that. It really was. And unfortunately he's no longer with us. And but I'm so mm-hmm. grateful I'm with him, truly. Yeah. Now you're not necessarily a shredder like Eddie. What was no. it like? Uh, not so much that you can't handle learn and beat it, but just um, you know, doing that solo. And did Michael share any insight with that whole Eddie situation that hasn't been documented in the press previously? And have you ever did you ever have a chance to meet Eddie Van Halen? Um, okay. <laughs> Remember all those questions. Okay, so first firstly, um, with stepping into playing the beat it solo, it was very daunting. I mean, when I got the message to come in and and, and learn it the night before, I was working with Diane Warren in the studio, actually on my album, finishing mm-hmm. that up. So I signed a Jimmy Iovine, ready to go with my album, right? Working away in the studio, get a MySpace message to <laughs> basically come in. Hey, Michael saw you on the Grammys with Carrie Underwood. Uh, you're what we're looking for. Could you come in? And I'm like, I thought it was some weird fan. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't think it was real or anything. I was like, yeah. my- like really through MySpace and it, it was so learn beat it do Diana I want to be starting something that evening and you know I was kind of beating myself up about the whole beat it thing because I was going how am I there's no way like stepping into someone's I mean she's like that like like Eddie or or uh you know it's like there's so many incredible guitar players that have worked with him before as well like I'm like I don't know I'm more of a blues based player than anything you know blues rock so I kind of just stepped into it going, you know what, I'm going to approach it as an artist standpoint. I'm going to do my own thing with a solo. So I didn't play it exactly like Eddie or, you know what I mean, I, I, took, I played the same notes and everything, but I just my own feel to it and people didn't play it exactly like that. And I'm like, well, I'm not a session player, guys. Like I'm an artist. So, you know, if he, and I thought to myself, well, if he likes it, he likes it. If he doesn't, I did my thing. You know what I mean? I was my own uh, person because you can't like, the greats like that, you just can't like Jennifer Batten as well and, and Steve Stevens, all those people. I mean, you just kind of going, going, hey, I'm who I am. And, and if he likes it, he does. And if he doesn't, that's cool. But, uh, you know, you're not trying to be somebody else or you just can't fill those shoes. You know what I mean? It's like, it's crazy. But Eddie called me when I got the gig and I was using his amplifiers. Um, and he was very sweet and he was very um, encouraging. He's like, congratulations. Um, he actually invited me over for a barbecue but I never went over because I was so busy for think there was no ah. time so but we got to talk for a minute on the phone he was lovely I met him a couple of times briefly at NAM. I remember uh, in the past but yeah what an, what an incredible player you know insane so well congratulations on that gig that that's fantastic wild time it really was and working with Michael I mean when I first played the beat at solo when he came in and he was like sitting in front of us all. I was like, how do I play guitar again? It was the most nerve wracking moment of my life. I would say that for sure. <laughs> a couple of the other big collaborations you've done. I mean, you've worked with Alice Cooper and then of course, Richie Sambora. So, uh, I mean, I think maybe most hard rock fans, I mean, they should know that you were uh, very instrumental and you kind of groundbreaking experience for Alice Cooper band. 
as uh, being the first uh, ever female lead guitarist on his touring band, something that you did, I believe, for several years. I actually saw the uh, the New Jersey show on the Iron Maiden tour when they uh, did the Seven Son of a Seven Son tour. I was right there in the pit, probably 20 rows back. Uh, so I saw you play. And... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's all the blood, all the blood. Oh, yeah. Tell us, tell us all about that. I mean, you know, again, from a female point of view, I mean, you were the trendsetter here. I mean, you actually then, you know, you did leave the band and uh, Nita Strauss came in and we actually learned today via the, the media channels that Nita put a resignation into Alice Cooper today. So she yes. is leaving the band. Um, but just tell us in general how that experience was with Alice. Well, it was incredible. I got a call. I was actually in Nashville finishing up my album with Dave Stewart heaven and this hell. And I got a call from, I did some work with Bob Ezrin and played the American Idol finale um, with Alice Cooper schools out with all the contestants. Right. So um, I played guitar for that. And then I was hanging with Alice and, and Bob Ezrin. And, and so I knew him. And then um, I guess uh, Damon Johnson left with Thin Lizzy. Right. So I get a call from Alice uh, one evening. I was in Nashville finishing up like the last song of the album. Hey, could you come and uh, would you be open to, to being my lead guitar player? You know, um, got to learn like 25 songs in a week and then we go on a world tour. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, sounds great. And I was like sipping my martini with Dave and, you know what I mean, finishing up the album. And I was like, sounds like a great idea. And like next day, I was like, oh my God, 25 songs in a week? Holy shit. <laughs> really? <laughs> so didn't speak to anyone. Um, and our first show was, uh, I think it was. Jay Leno, I think, or no, Conan. I can't remember one of those two. And then we just went straight to New Zealand and then started our whole world tour. And it was amazing. I mean, at first my parents were like, what are you doing? Because they went online and they were looking at Alice and then they were covered in ta- tattoos and everything, like blood and the snakes. And they're like, what's going on here? Like, <laughs> what is our daughter? What What is she joining here? And then uh, they met Alice and everybody in Australia and they're like, oh, there's like the most loveliest people ever. We're so happy, you know, because Alice and his band, I mean, they're like just incredible people um, and the sweetest. So I had, had a blast. I mean, it was just celebrating Halloween every night for close to four years. And and I was, uh, yeah, I, I dodged the knife. I dodged the Frankenstein, the snakes as well. I didn't, yeah. you know, have too many injuries with that tour. Um, broke my ankle, a couple of things. But other than that, you know, it was, all, it was so much fun. What was what was your favorite song to play in that set? There's so many. I mean, Billion Dollar Babies is awesome. There are so many. Uh, you know, I mean, Hail of Flies was a was an undertaking. It was nine minutes long. That that song when I first was like, I called Damon. I was like, dude, how the hell do I? Because I had to learn so many. He's like, just think about it as like three songs. <laughs> I'm like, good idea. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because it was like an orchestrated thing. And, and I was talking to Alice before and he was like, yeah, the, the guitar players are on different drugs. So we're like trying to, you know, orchestrate their different parts and bring them together. And it was wild. But I had to learn those parts. And it was so fun when we were up there. And yeah, just really good time. Good time. I recall, too, uh, you got a spotlight during Poison where you got the showcase to do uh, your own solo. Correct. Yes. Um, well, when we opened for Iron Maiden, that whole tour, um, Alice was like, well, you're going to go out and you're going to go and solo by yourself on the stage. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> so I'm going to wear a shield or something and people don't throw shit at me because, you know, you get nervous. Um, it was fun. I mean, it, people liked it, which was good because you never know. I mean, I'm not that kind of guitar player. I'm more like, you know, as I said, blues rock. So I'm not like a shredder, like, you know, but I play some tapping and stuff here and there and it's all you know, fun and it is part of the show. But uh, it was, 
honestly really cool experience and the maiden tour was was really wild I mean the maiden tour and just we had so many different things that happened I mean so many in the short period of time like close to four years that we toured it was just um non-stop black craziness I have to ask as a female musician the, the list goes on and on by no means are you name dropping because much respect but is this a testament to determination uh Diane Warren Michael Jackson Steve Vai uh Dave Stewart Alice Cooper and the, how do you credit this um young lady from Australia the other side of the world to be able to um benefit from all these legends for is there young ladies out in this world that look up to you and you give that message that hey determination and persistence the world is yours for taking that that has to be one of the most rewarding aspects of what you've done with your career you know i never look back that's the thing and i always kind of have this sort of I guess stubborn hard about things. So if I want to do something or work with somebody or whatever, I just, or just create, ultimately it's about creating and having utmost respect for a lot of people that um, I'll be a dream to work with this person. I'll be a dream. And some of these people just reach out to me. Like I don't, with Dave Stewart, he messaged my manager to come work, but he wanted to work with me a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to actually know, he, he messaged me to work with me and then, then uh, invited me to play Sound Up to Cancer. So we ended up, I ended up playing that show and then we ended up having dinner and a martini and ended up just being great friends, you know, and, and wanting to hang out all the time because he's such a creative and I'm pretty like just anything sort of goes. I, I love collaborating with people. I love sharing that energy of just excitement over things. Um, and it's about the music for me. It'll always be about the music. It'll always be about like as much as like it's, you know, it's like, it's like your image and all this stuff and like what, you know, your branding. Sure, that's part of it because that's what we've kind of come to like now yeah. with Instagram and everything. But at the end of the day, I'm sitting here with my guitars. I'm trying to be a better uh, guitar player, searching. I'm always searching. Like I'll never stop. And um, and writing better lyrics as well and sharing more of myself and my experiences in my songs. The next record that I put out after Rock Candy as well and the next record, I'm thinking about those right now. Like I'm thinking about you know, the road ahead and not looking back at what I've done as much as we're talking about it right now. And it's really awesome that I've done those things. I feel like I've done nothing, which is weird, but it's kind of like, that's where I start every day. Like going, that's really cool. And that's incredible. I had those experiences, but it's about creating your path and your future. So when you're like, when I'm like 80 years old, I'm looking back going, yeah, that was a really colorful life. And I, hopefully I help people with my music, inspire people to do better things than I've done or bigger things or, you know, just, uh, you know, just kind of like um, help them through, you know, that's, that's kind of where it's at. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, Walt, I'll let you uh, finish up. Any other parting shots before we let her? Yeah. So, uh, you know, again, I think uh, we just wanted to talk about briefly about the Richie Sambora uh, project that you did with him. And actually today is his birthday. I saw that pop up. It's his 63rd birthday today. So happy birthday to Richie. Um, yep. So tell tell us a little bit of that because I know you did an album collaborations together with Bob Rock producing. I think you did get out on the road a little bit, so that's one that maybe flew under the radar a little bit. But uh, I'm sure you have some uh, history there you'd like to t- talk about. Yeah, you know it was incredible working with with Bob Rock and Richie and I wrote a lot of songs together, and we we played a lot of shows as well. And um, we actually met in Maui uh, when when uh, Richie showed up. 
on family vacation to come and jam with Alice Cooper for the holiday, mm. uh, for the uh, charity event we would do every year um, up there with Chef Gordon, his manager. And it was Sammy Hagar, Bob Brock was there, his MRS years, um, Stephen Tyler, lots of people. I mean, you know, Dibby Brothers showed up, like so many, uh, Weird Al, Yankovic, you know, it was like so many different people coming out, uh, Lucas Nelson. And and so, you know, he came up and we just started jamming. And then um, I honestly had never met him before. Um, and yeah, got back to LA and then I got messages from from Richie going, come over, I really want to jam, let's hang out. And I was like, okay, that sounds great, cool. So we ended up hanging out, jamming. Then we're actually in a relationship for like four years um, and, and going on eight and actually up and on. So it was a long time and, and we wrote a lot of songs together and Rob Rock came in and let's make an RSO record, uh, which, you know, um, signed with BMG and it was all kind of ready to go. And as things happened in this business, um, it got a bit weird and God knows what happened, but we put a lot, put a lot into it. You know, um, I left Alice for that and just, put everything into that for about five years, a good four or five years. And then we just toured it, you know, played a lot of festivals together and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but we're on different paths now. He's doing his thing. I'm doing mine and, and uh, it's all, it's all cool. But yeah, it was um, definitely an experience and great stuff. We wrote some really good songs for sure. Hey, before we, uh, we let you go, cause this has been really insightful, uh, a couple of last parting questions. So what we like to do when we interview our artists is step away from the microphone and uh, maybe tell us something, whether it's something that nobody knows about you on your you know, personal level or maybe a hobby of yours. So tell us a little bit about Orianti, the person, not the musician, not the artist. As a person? Well, um, my friends would probably call me a bit of like a, a free spirit hippie. I mean, um, uh, something that people don't know about me. I mean, I love to paint. That's another thing I like to do love painting um I love hiking I love you know just going out on really long hikes um to the point my friends are delirious so some of them don't join me anymore so um <laughs> and uh, uh something else about me um I'm a pescatarian so I don't really uh, I yeah I mean I, I everyone knows I cook so that's really obvious if we're everywhere um yeah so it's kind of um yeah <laughs> I know something else that people don't really know but Probably the painting thing. I just I love sort of just painting abstract things and and terrible paintings that are around my um, content here <laughs> that I want to show. My sister's a really good painter. My sister's an amazing artist. So I'm embarrassed actually to mention. <laughs> <laughs> now compare California to Australia. Is this going to be your 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 permanent place for life, California? I might be moving soon, actually, um, to Nashville. So I'm just Makes trying to figure. Yeah, because I love Nashville so much and I'm I've been here close to 19 years now so I'm kind of thinking it could be a good thing for me to just change it up but I might be back and forth so I might keep my place here get a place over there and uh yeah I just love the energy I was just over there for the Gibson anniversary um Mm -hmm. my my Gibson acoustic which I did my signature which has been available now for some time which I absolutely love it's a J200 and that has Nashville written all over it. Yeah. Oh, it does. It's very, it's, you know what? We designed this quite some time ago. And um, honestly, it's a dream come true to have like my own Gibson and, and you know, to a credit. So they've been lovely and they have their garage over there. So um, it was cool to play that. And I made, I made two records now in Nashville with Marty and Dave Stewart. And I've been over there since I was, God, 19 years old. So I keep on going back there. It just feels good. People are you know, really friendly. And it's all about the music there really is. You, you arrive at the airport and someone's singing. 
So you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> in the, it's the place to be now. Yeah, it's a vibe. I spent uh, four days down there last summer. They had the big rock and pod festival down there. So oh. we, yeah, it was, it was great. A lot of podcasters and um, heavy metal uh, radio outfits were down there. We had a big convention. Rock guys were there. They had events off campus. I, we were at the airport Marriott and it was a good town. I didn't see as much as I wanted to, but you're, you're right. It's a definite vibe. You land in and, you know, from a kid from <laughs> Western New York, it, it was fun. So I love New York too. I mean, I got to tell you, I miss going. To, I love walking around New York, New Jersey area. I spent a lot of time there, of course. Um, you know, it's just such a vibe. I mean, you guys are kind of, I kind of say like New Yorkers are kind of like Australians because we kind of, you know, we're pretty like blunt. We just say how we feel. Like there's no like, yeah. you know, dancing around anything. So that's what I love about it. You know, a lot of my friends are New Yorkers actually. So or from Jersey. So yeah, you guys, yeah, it's pretty similar to to Aussies. I feel. Awesome. And good beaches, too. Yeah. 100%. Yes, absolutely. Look it up on the map. Point Pleasant Beach. Maybe you were here before. One of the best places on the Jersey Shore. I've been there many times, yes. See, there you go. So another common bond. Well, the new CD and DVD comes out on the 15th, live from Hollywood. And this fall, Rock Candy, the uh, third solo album or second? No, it's my fifth Fifth, okay. Yeah, well. yeah I think so, yeah, because I've had uh, on the Influence Violet Journey, Believe, then we had Heaven in This Hell, then we had O. Oh, it's my six, sorry. Yeah, okay. so, well, we got to do our heavy metal homework, but okay. point being, right. she's on uh, whittling out her own place in the rock and uh, heavy metal landscape. Aranti, thank you for uh, spending a little more time than uh, we needed today. We appreciate it, and we will do everything to spread the word and educate our listeners. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Yeah, this was a really great, insightful discussion, and uh, I hope that maybe we get to see you bring uh, bring the band over to the East Coast. We would love to uh, come see a show, so hopefully we see some touring, and uh, we'll have this interview up uh, the day before your album gets released. So you got fresh media coming right your way in a couple days. Yeah. Uh, Much love to you guys. Thank you so much for your time. Take care. Thank you so much. Great. Best of luck. Bye, guys. Metal for Life. Thank you for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our website at MetalMayhemROC.com for information on podcasts, archives, links to all our live radio shows, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. And always remember to keep it heavy. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 